April 19th. It's Patriots Day. Do you know why? We'll tell you this hour. Is the movie Unplanned a big lie? And should we regulate semi-automatic weapons? Susan Ahern says yes. She'll join us this hour to discuss it. And Governor Northam just keeps trying to show he's not a racist. We got all that coming up. But first, it's Good Friday. It's Easter weekend. Let's start there. Virginia citizens and American patriots. Radio is the founding fathers intended. The Lee brothers. My name's Scott Lee. Hi, I'm Richard Lee. Happy Friday. Happy Good Friday to you. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, let's have some fun today. It's a very special day. And, it, is, uh, uh, it is Good Friday. We're going to celebrate that day. In a very special way. In fact, it's kind of the annual uh, Good Friday tribute to Easter weekend. Yes, it is. It was a race. A race to see history. But who would get there first? It was barely light enough to even see, let alone run. Oh, but they ran. And they ran faster and faster. They had to know if what Mary said was true. John won. He got there first. He was more eager to see, or perhaps more eager to confirm. Could it be? Could it be, he thought. Could it be that Mary was right? Peter was right behind him. But it was John that saw first. The stone was moved. The guards are gone. Mary Magdalene was right. Someone had taken the Lord's body. But John noticed something else. The grave clothes. They were still there, even separated by the head wrap. But but why? Why, why would someone take the body... And leave the grave clothes. Unless, unless perhaps, could it possibly be? Could it be that someone after all didn't take him? Perhaps. Peter finally caught up. He couldn't wait to see. Breathing heavy from the run, he paused and went into the tomb. Immediately, he believed. He saw the undisturbed clothes. He remembered the third day. He did exactly, exactly what he said he would do. Christ was alive. But he asked himself, what about the others? Will they believe? He turned to John and said, the others, we must tell them quickly. Peter and John ran to tell what they have seen. Peter began to think, what about Thomas? What will it take to convince him? Will he and the others believe us? They found Thomas hiding with the others. Thomas was astonished at the news, as were they all. This can't be, he shouted. Weeping, Thomas said, I saw him die. I will not believe you unless I can put my finger in his wounds. Suddenly, before Peter could speak, Jesus appeared. Standing before them, Thomas fell to his knees and shouted, My Lord and my God! He has risen. He has risen indeed. Happy Easter. From the Lee Brothers.
This weekend, more than 2.2 billion people around the world will come together to remember the single most important event in human history. It is an event that, from the beginning of which, and concludes with a miracle of the resurrection three days later. No historian really rejects what happened 2,000 years ago. No historian certainly rejects the idea of Jesus' life and ministry here. It's the most changing, other than the birth of Christ, who separated A.D. from B.C., that is marked in the human calendar forever. Other than the birth of Christ, this is the most changing, profound event to happen to all of mankind in the history of the planet. The biggest event ever recorded. History that means more than any other historical story ever. And this weekend, think about that. 2.2 billion people will actually pause and say, my God, my Lord. It is more than just a holiday weekend of traffic I saw trying to get to the studio on this Friday afternoon. It's unbelievable. Me too. But it is... uh, it is our hope and our prayer as the Lee brothers, as we even continue through the show for the next three hours, we'll play this tribute again. We'll talk about the importance of this weekend, the consequences of the cross, what it really means. Um, obviously, there is more to uh, life than just simple politics. This is life. And uh, what Easter weekend uh, really means is something we'll share with you even further as we move into the program. All right, phone lines are open, 454 454 1366. We are up and running on our Facebook page live there for your uh, viewing pleasure other than just listening. If you want to avoid the weather and the traffic, stay home and turn on your Facebook page. You'll see the Lee Brothers here live. Coming up at four, uh, John Taylor Community College. We had some information this week, Richard and I did, from uh, someone in that class that showed us this sociology uh, uh, professor's video. Uh, Did I say, what did I say? John Tyler's what I meant. What did I say? Thank you. John, there is no John Taylor, I don't think. Is there I'm a John? sure there's plenty of John Taylors <laughs> saying, out there. This is John Tyler. He's not the one you're trying to talk about. Community College. <laughs> uh, and and we'll, uh, we'll share those details with you at four. And, of course, Abigail Spanberger got some clips from her, so it'll be a lot of fun. Jam-packed show, dead ahead, 454-1366. But first, Ralph Northman can't help himself. He's so— He never can. He's so— he doesn't know what to do with this blackface incident. He will not speak in any commencement. He's, he now will not be the commencement speaker at VMI. Now, to my knowledge, I thought the governor always did that. Now, I, I may be wrong, but it seems to me that was the, the case. Uh, by the way, that is his alma mater. You'd think that he'd want to do that, that he'd want to participate in the graduation, graduation ceremonies. Instead, I think he would just move on, put it behind him, that would do forward, it. look to the future, would, and not look back. Would that not do it? Would you do this? Would you go do the commencement ceremonies at VMI? Yes. I would I would put it behind me and just keep moving. Of course. One foot in front of the other. I would not be constantly bringing it up, you know, tearing this down, tearing. ripping this off a wall, exactly. whatever. Exactly. Because just, I did something stupid a long time ago. But Northern uh, doesn't have the guts to say that was stupid decision 45,000 years ago, whenever long it was, in college, that he's now uh, removed himself from every commencement ceremony he could have given That's this ridiculous. year. He's going to skip the ceremonies. I, I, I quote him, out of concern, he would pull, uh, he would put focus, 
from the achievements of the graduates and the family onto him. No, someone else might do that, but not him. He wouldn't do that. I don't think the governor should be capitulating or concerned about something that happened that long ago. Like I always say to the left, is Governor Ralph Northam a racist? Of course not. Does the last 30 years of the man's life count for anything? Of course it does. But now he's rejected himself from the uh, commencement ceremonies anywhere in the Commonwealth of Virginia. All right. That's ridiculous. Coming up, he also wants to remove remove an um, arch in the front of Fort Monroe that references Jefferson Davis. It must come down, you see. It must, for the sake of somebody who complained. Your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers. I'm not a warrior. I'm too afraid to lose. I feel unqualified for what you're calling me to Awesome. Love this weekend. I got no excuse. Spoken people are exactly who you The Lee Brothers. A twenty WNTW 92.7 FM on this uh, good Friday Sunday, Easter Sunday weekend. This weekend's like good as Christmas. Better. 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 Christmas started. Mr. Anon, Mrs., you're on. That's anonymous. Nice try. Oh, anonymous. <laughs> I missed it. I messed that one up. You're on 820 WNTW and FM 92.7 with the Lee Brothers. Welcome to the program. Awesome. Do you guys know what today is? Uh, today yes, we do. Is, it's April 19th. It's it is uh, Patriot Day. It and is a shot heard Scott's around the world. Birthday. That started the whole. Excuse you? That's right. It is a patriot that we all know and love birthday. Scott Lee is today his birthday. Have y'all talked about it on the show today? Senator Amanda Chase, how did you sneak onto this program? <laughs> You're not. Hey, I have my. Con- I, every once in a while, I have a connection that helps me out. <laughs> yeah, right. Not well, very many, but every well, well, thank you for calling. And, uh, Happy birthday. I know all your listeners would want to know today is your birthday. Yes. And uh, are you turning the big 5 0 today? No, I am uh, not five. This is, um, I've got one more year. This is 49 for me. And by the way, this is a, I'm so glad you made this go down this path. This is not what I wanted to do. But uh, no, thank you. It's 49. Although I must tell you this morning when I woke up, I felt 50 or older. It was very tough. I, uh, but Amanda, you'd be glad to know that I got out of bed, got dressed early, and went and ran three miles. And then I fell over and had a heart attack, and I thought, this is the way to go right here. <laughs> my, my he, looks, he looks older than 50 today. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're a phenomenal Happy brother. Happy birthday, bro. Great human being. Amanda, thank you so much. Are you, uh, so, so talk about uh, the session here for a second. It's all over, right? I mean, you guys don't go back for anything else. Yeah, so we are officially done. We're all now in campaign season. In fact, my campaign office is on Arnbridge Road, uh, right up, right around the corner from you guys, right behind the camp. So we're catching about every third word, You're which, by the up. way, is probably just as good. Yeah. I don't understand most of Oh, if you have any problems, dial information. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm calling you from, from the car. I'm uh, driving from the Capitol to my campaign office. Well, Amanda, you know what we say often here on this program is the best form of government is someone that's not in session. So it's not uh, attacking our freedoms and liberties. 
So uh, no offense to senators like yourself. It's just we feel better when you guys are home. It's just what I'm saying. Yeah, we both do. We both <laughs> There you go. See, <laughs> it's, it's often often good. Nobody's repealing laws and expanding freedom when they go up there. For some reason, it's always like I can't get to, wait to get to Richmond so I can enact something that uh, restricts people. No one does the opposite. No. I actually had some really good uh, legislation that passed and was signed into law awesome. um, this year. So I'm excited about that. And uh, one of those has to do with health care transparency, which is all good. And uh, we'll hopefully allow consumers to make an educated choice whenever they go to the hospital. They can find out what the estimated cost of services before they get the services done, which is kind of big. Um, yeah. We took care coal ash cleanup that got done um, before my four years was out. Governor signed that into law. So Saw that. Hopefully, yeah, that was that was pretty good. And then um, the Labor Day bill, the, the King's Dominion bill, we eliminated that rule because I don't feel like it's King's Dominion's um, prerogative to determine when our kids go back to school. Well, you, act, you didn't say that the kids have to go back to school before. You just gave the localities the option. Well, they do, and they're also required. We, I mean, I listen to constituents. They want that Labor Day vacation, so that's still built in there. Still get the four-day um, holiday. And then I can go into the weeds, but I won't because we're on radio, but there's waivers that are still in effect for parts of Virginia Got that um, open even earlier than that. So it's, yeah. it's good. Good deal. Well, Senator, thanks for the birthday wishes. Very kind of you. You're welcome. Hope you have a great day. God bless. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you very much. Happy Resurrection Day. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. We will celebrate. Happy Easter to you and yours. That's Senator Amanda Chase, who is no longer allowed to call in anonymously. Mark, I want you to flag the voice. Thanks, Senator. All right, your phone call's next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. Making... Radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers. So Ralph Northam is tripping over himself. Yes, so I had blackface when I was in college. But trust me, I'm not a racist. Let me prove it to you. I certainly can't speak. (laughs) You can't speak. Ralph Northam's called for the removal of the Jefferson Davis Memorial Arch at Fort Monroe saying its continued presence has an adverse effect on who? On the historic property, it says. And he urged the board of trustees to take it down immediately, if not sooner. It's harmful. Since when? This is what I've always wondered about, the, the, the hate for monuments and, and any other structures put up to, to signify our history. When did it become offensive? What point? Has it been offensive this whole time and we just didn't know it? All said, we woke up yesterday morning, Northam had a dream last night, or he had blackface caught on a, on a yearbook and realized, holy cow, now Jefferson Davis is a threat. I wonder if they have blackface dreams. Do you get dreams in blackface? <laughs> I just wonder if they do, and it tells them what's, what's horrible. <laughs> exactly. How can this be? I just don't understand. The, the, no, nobody. I, there is no one who drives by the Jefferson Davis Arch in front of Fort Monroe and says, Man, if only that, if that wasn't there, the, the, the cause of freedom, Virginia would be so much better if it was gone. Enough so much that Ralph Northam can't, this is his, his big step as governor. What's he going to brag about it when he leaves in a couple of years about yeah. how I got rid of the Jefferson Davis arch over Fort Monroe? I have to get home and sit in the corner because I drove past that arch again. It's terrible. It's painful. It's painful. 
Fort Monroe Authority Board of Trustees said it's uh, to take necessary steps to remove the arch and all references to the Jefferson Davis Memorial Park located at Bernard and Ruckman Road intersection. Again, this is the crisis that we must we must fix this. The archway entrance to the Jefferson Davis Memorial Park was built in 1956 by the Army on behalf of the United Daughters of the Confederacy. They paid $10,000 to build the 50-foot iron structure. The governor said this process will require a detailed review along with significant public engagement. Well, good luck. Let's, let's whitewash everything. Coming up, a great interview with an uh, activist here in Midlothian who wrote an article about banning guns and her view on unplanned. Susan Ahern's coming up. Your phone call's next, 454-1366. We are the Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. I'm hopping mad. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. Just after 3.34, outside the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. The Lee Brothers, Virginia citizens and American patriots. My name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother. Sitting to his left sometimes is father. is Richard Lee. All right. Uh, reading the Times Dispatch this week, came across a column by Susan O'Hearn. She said, why argue over banning assault weapons? Caught my attention. Regulate them like machine guns. Well, that is would be, in fact, banning them. But let's uh, I thought it'd be fun to talk to the author herself about that. And in communications with her, I found out that um, I wanted to ask her about the movie Unplanned. She agreed to that also. And she joins us right now. Susan Ahern, a freelance writer in Midlothian. Are you on the phone with us? Oh, I sure am. Are you guys going to gang up on me? Oh, of course not. Of course it's just not. One me. It's just one of me. Go ahead. You are very kind to join us. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I hope uh, you're kind to me, too. No, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, ahead. I think I think this is a marketplace <laughs> of ideas, and I, we love, I love to that. we yeah. love to talk about them. And obviously, we will disagree on some things, but what I thought it'd be good is maybe we start out with some things we agree on. Well, uh, okay. maybe we can agree that we both don't want, we both want, kids and families safe from gun violence. If we, um, ab- if, absolutely. If we both absolutely. start... I grew up surrounded by a lot of gun violence in, and during riots, so I'm, I'm, I firsthand have lived through it watching someone get... Um, I didn't see him get shot, but a shopkeeper, a paint store owner, come up, bullet in his chest, the cops are coming. I'm fifth grade. I see the whole thing firsthand. Right. It was a, it, um, Newsweek um, dubbed it Murder Town USA, where I grew up. Wow. So I come at it from personal experience. So we can agree that we're both in the same direction. The question yes. is how to get there is really the issue. Yes. If we both yes. agree on that, then neither one of us are evil people because we both want the same thing. We just think differently about it. Well, I had a lot of really good feedback from that article, and they were very respectful for the most part, right. honestly. And I was very respectful back. People who it's a tradition to have guns in their families to hunt and it's passed down just like treasured possessions. And right. I totally get that and respect that as well as wanting to have a gun to defend your family. I'm not in any way. A lot of my friends families grew up with the NRA. Their parents were members. I'm not. In fact, a lot of NRA members are more on my side. It's just leadership 
And my side is really just common sense gun reform, not banning guns. Well, actually, actually, your article goes further than that. Your actual your article says treat them like machine guns. If you did that, right, then I'm not exactly sure what your definition of assault weapons is. But let's just say it's anything that semi-automatic, I, semi-automatic um, uh, military style assault weapons. But by the way, I don't know what that means either, though. You still get. Well, you, well, I don't want. That was one of the points I made. You can get into an hour-long tangled debate that takes you away from the whole real issue of what. But that matters, right? Weapon. So yeah. let's right. But now, for right now, if you if you have a weapon that can mow down twenty tiny kids in five minutes plus six admi- school administrators, that's the kind of gun. So you the, so the gun I have on my hip right now can do that. Yeah. I have a gun well, on my hip right now right. that has. But then. And also, I'm not for banning them. You can get machine guns. There's thirty-four thousand of them in Virginia. So. I'm not for banning them, and I'm not. I'm for more. You do, but, uh, more but hang on a minute, Susan. Regulation hang, of them. Hang on. You do understand if it's treated as a machine gun, that the normal person, the normal person, people, anyone out there, cannot get anything that you're describing. I wouldn't be able to carry this gun I'm carrying with me now. I wouldn't be able to have a semi-automatic firearm. And is that what you're suggesting? I'm suggesting that we need to keep them out of the wrong hands, and regulating them more will well, do that. Well, how is it keeping so out of my, my hands, point. keeping out of a bad guy's hands? Um, why am I the Why am I the problem? You're, you're restricting well, me, same. not the bad guy. The bad guy's going to get him. Why are you going to? Well, your gun's semi-automatic. You have to pull the trigger every time. A fully automatic you're, machine gun, you pull the trigger down, it you're just, just fires. Making it, you look. A lot of the um, assaults, no, in fact, every one since, what was it, back in 1991 or whatever, every one of them was committed with an assault weapon or, well, one of one was a Glock, but the other one was none of them were with machine guns. So the point is these guns are easily accessed. You can go into, let me, let me just say this to you, you can go into a, um, today, yeah. okay, terrorists, dangerously mentally ill folks, prohibited felons, Convicted domestic abusers can all go online at armsless.com as long as they don't ship. Okay, if you ship it, you, it does go to a federally licensed dealer to pick it up. But if you're not, if you're picking it up at Costco, you know, parking lot outside or meeting, you know, at someone's house, you can get all of those, you know, any one of those prohibited people, mentally ill, dangerous folks, prohibited felons, convicted domestic abusers, terrorists, can every one of them go online and get an assault weapon? That's the issue, not you. I, I want you, you to change be, something for me, one thing. I just want okay. you to change the word assault weapon to semi-automatic weapons. Okay, I would be glad to Okay, do now that's that every that single firearm. And that's every single is, firearm that Americans carry. Okay, well, I'm just telling you. So you want to ban them all? It, you, wait, I'm not going down this path. You're doing a tangled debate on the specific. I just um, want clarity. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to get clarity. The point. the point is you're going down a rabbit hole to deflect from the real issue of easy, ridiculously easy access to guns by, by people who are dangerously mentally ill, prohibited felons, committed, committed um, I'm sorry, convicted domestic abusers. They can go to armslist.com today or to a private seller at a gun show, and they can get these weapons. Right. Susan, so that let me ask you a question. Not uh, do, you think so I I, want, do you think I want those people to have those guns? I don't either. The question okay, is, well, is there's no way to stop bad people from getting guns. You yes, could have that is. law. And the like, law that you're trying to implement would keep law-abiding citizens from having a semiotic like, firearm. Um, countries like Australia have far, they have the same rates of mental illness, but they have far less deaths from guns um, than we do, well, 40,000 a year, because they also they, don't have, a second they have gun amendment. reform. They also, 
we have a Second Amendment, but we can also, as um, the Heller case showed in 08, that we can also regulate. Correct. But you're asking you're asking regulations of all semiotic weapons, including machine guns, which would eliminate all of us from having them. That's not Listen, the Second Amendment. You don't need you don't need a machine gun to defend your family. We already can't get hunt. a machine gun. But we do we I'm need a semi-automatic? You don't need a semi-automatic I don't? to defend your family. I need a bolt action? Hunt. What do no. I need? What do I you need? You don't then? need them, sir. You don't need them. Thank to you hunt. for telling you know me that. what I don't need. Thank God you the founders well, thought I'm I would trying, and they implemented listen, it. Do you care more about guns or forty thousand people slaughtered every year? Which do you care about? My son was at Virginia Tech, so my calculus, the metrics for me, are a little bit different for you. But that's one, an interesting emotional argument because you win. You just trumped an emotional, emotional hey, argument. The, you win by a trump card thing, like that, sir. It's the same thing with the unplanned movie. So you want to talk about that? It's a, a, it's an emotional issue. It is not a um, fact-based issue. Right, that, it's an emotional issue. Thank you. That's an so excellent. I'm, I'm actually. I'll okay, let me, ask, into let me that ask you a question because we're not going to agree, but let's no, agree to respectfully disagree. Oh, fair enough. Let's go to the movie Unplanned for a second. We talked about things we agreed on. We both want less gun violence. Can we both yes, agree we want sir. less abortions? Can we both agree on that? I absolutely. I grew up Catholic. I'm talking Christ. Why do, seen why do you? Let me ask you a school. question, Susan. Let me ask you a question. Ten years why, of Catholic school. Why do you want less abortions? I want fewer abortions because I don't want I I don't want um, women why? to have to make. Okay. Why do I not want abortions? Because I just think that. If we prevented them, we wouldn't have to make such hard decisions. Why is it a hard decision? You know, it's a hard decision because it is a potential life. It's a potential life. So you're admitting that it's a life? I'm a potential life. It's like an acorn and a, and a fully. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. You just made that comparison? Well, That's it's interesting. not the same. It's not a fully grown oak. It's an acorn. It's a potential life. And I. So listen, when does someone become a real full human um, being? You know five, what? six, That's 10, 12, question. 18? No, this is a one, that is such a wonderful question because I grew up learning as a Catholic that life begins at conception. It is a religious idea, not a medical fact. In fact, doctors disagree on when life begins. But How about if it, it has is, a heartbeat? No way. Agree on that? Life begins. No, wait, life what begins if it has at a conception. Is it a life then? No, no, it's not. I'm saying no. It has it's a not heartbeat. Life, it's, it's not, not a life? fully born. It's not a human so being. So when someone dies fully, and their heart stops, do we say they're dead? So it, sir, it's not a fully formed human being. Fully formed That's is the now point. the measure. No. Okay, well, so you admit that yeah, it's you're life. Not, one that can be viable and live outside the uterus. That's okay. So, so that's, that's the, the standard. Perfect. So, so that's what twenty weeks, twenty five weeks. I have a question for you. So conservatives seem, and you seem to be one, compare care more about microscopic tissue in a uterus versus a fully formed children in cages at the border. So to me, I'm going to care wow, about the fully formed children than microscopic tissue. And most abortions over, well, I think it's like 87%, but well over 80, occur within the first 12 weeks when we are talking about microscopic tissue. I don't, I am, uh, I believe that Democrats, wait, should, Democrats should ha- welcome into the tent people who are, um, pro, you know, who are anti-abortion. I do believe pro-life. that. I don't believe the the platform should be changed. I do believe that we should welcome more people into it because I come at it from a cradle Catholic, com, uh, Catholic background. And so I'm not saying to you that, uh, you know, so a heart. People, so let me just ask you a question. A so, heartbeat. So, at, a heartbeat at six weeks is is, is no, nothing but I flesh. Think, nothing but uh, as you said, your own well, words. You nothing but nothing cells. But flesh. But I don't think it's a fully formed human. So life. you can kill it. And I think. And I don't think you. To me, okay. you're saying. I, I will say to you one thing. It's the same. It's an emotional issue. So you you're going on. You're trying to turn Actually, a fact based issue. I'm going to err on the side of life. I'll err on the side of life. When 
Not death. Okay, when life begins. Yeah, but the other side of the coin, the other side of the coin, there's three facts in Virginia. So I want to talk about late-term abortion because that's an issue where they are more fully formed. They're not fully formed. We got, we got, child, 30, we got 30 uh, seconds, okay, Susan. Right. Well, you have the last word, uh, though. Oh, darn. Okay, well, listen. Thank you for having me, and you weren't too hard on me. And I'll <laughs> well, come you're back phenom- anytime. Well, listen, I love to argue. <laughs> well, would you please? Uh, we would love to have you back. I think these are I good. I had a whole to- thing. Well, you Go do. Ahead. You do like to argue. I can tell. I mean, uh, yeah, call uh, in and fight with debate. us sometimes. Yeah. I really like to debate. Uh, I'm, you know, so I, I enjoyed being here. Thank you. Well, listen, you're you're more than more than welcome. Thanks for uh, the cordial uh, conversation. I I knew that you probably realized that we were against you on a lot of these issues, but I think it was a fair oh, yeah. conversation, and and we'll uh, we'll and obviously you know do it again. I, I think it's important to 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 have these debates out in public because there's a lot of misinformation around. Um, reproductive access. By, by the so way, did you see did you see the movie Unplanned? Did you see it? Uh, no, okay. no, I wouldn't because I think it was very misleading and misinformed. <laughs> right, and, yeah. and, and it yes, might be it a little bit too convicting. <laughs> it was because a, a, a fetus at that age is not going to have a sense, a cognitive development to sense of danger course not. and feel pain. No life it moves doesn't. away from and pain. So there, it's very emotional and not fact-based. It's okay. misleading to people. Fair enough, Susan. So good, good talking good to you. Let's you. do it again. Thank you. Yep, that's okay. Susan Ahern. She is a freelance writer here in Midlothian. And a truly liberal American. <laughs> That's right. All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820, WNTW, 92.7 Scott and Richard Lee. The Circus Clowns of Talk Radio. Ever heard this sound bite? Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Hi, this is Richard Lee of the Lee Brothers. Why let someone pry your gun from your cold, dead fingers? The Lee Brothers don't want this to happen to you. We want your gun. Help the Lee Brothers get guns off the streets. Introducing our new free gun collection program. Simply send us an email and we will come pick up the guns or the unwanted guns absolutely free. We are making every effort to make our community safer from unwanted weapons. Patriots at theleebrothers.com. Because we care. Email us today. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye. Especially but machine guns. <laughs> we like our machine guns. I absolutely love those. They said there's 40,000 of them in Virginia, I think it was. Something like that. But they're, you can't buy one for less than you like can't, 25 You can't grand. get one. It's not You can not get right. one, but you're going to pay $25,000 you know for a weapon. You know what's interesting about this gun debate is on this day, April 19th, 1775, American militiamen at Lexington and Concord confronted 700 British redcoats and fired the opening shot of the American Revolution and Liberty. The British governor, get this, had ordered his troops to seize weapons at Concord. And no small irony is the first shots of revolution were fired in response to gun confiscation. Anyway, that's Those just... guys were overwhelmed, <laughs> too, but... Uh, gun confiscation started revolution. Isn't that That started the war. Exactly. It's a miracle we're not speaking British right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no right. kidding. John, the Latino Lee brother, you're on 820 WNTW and FM 92.7 with Lee Brothers. How you doing, John? Uh, buenas tardes, mis hermanos. Hey, uh, I hope she's still listening. I wanted to hear this from Tench Cox. You've heard me write this before. He says, um, Congress has no power to disarm the militia. And that means the citizen. Right, right. The sword and every terrible implement of the foot soldier are the birthright of an American. The unlimited power of the sword is not 
in the hands of either the federal or state government, but where I trust in God, it will ever remain in the hands of the people. The Second Amendment was written to defend the people against the possible tyranny of a government gone amok in the future. So the whole thing of, well, that's because only muzzleloaders were around back then doesn't wash. These men looked to the future. And uh, I I listened to this lady, 40,000 machine guns in Virginia. Where did she get that from? I I do know a man who owns machine guns, but he's extremely wealthy and he has to pay exorbitant amounts every year to the ATF so they can keep track of them. This woman was talking completely off the top of her head. She was out of her league. I think it's two hundred dollars per firearm. It's three hundred. Is it really? My, yes, my son has an FFL license, and we've spoken of this in, yeah. in depth. Wow! I think the biggest issue with with Susan Ahern, which by the way, I, I appreciated her her coming on and joining us, and it's not easy. Oh, absolutely! But but she what she never got to the point of saying because she didn't want to is to say that every firearm that that pretty much every American has is a semi-automatic weapon. And she, I think at the end of the day, she was simply saying all semi-automatic weapons should be regulated like machine guns, which essentially we take them out of the hands of everyone. Um, exactly. Which is, is and now it sounds good and it feels kind of good to realize, wait a minute, no one would have these guns. But the truth is the bad guys would because almost every gun, there's 300 million guns and they're all semi-automatic have, weapons. You'd have muzzle loaders, muzzle loaders to protect yourself, right. essentially. And Single shot, muzzle loaders, Thompson contenders. Handguns. It's not. Stuff. It's not right, John. Thanks for the call. Always, my brother. Uh, have a phenomenal Easter weekend. Happy Easter, Brohim. Four five four thirteen sixty six. Four five four thirteen sixty six. Lee Brothers eight twenty WNTW ninety two point seven FM. Well, let me say this. I think we need to do more to protect all of our citizens. I have long advocated. Uh, this is not what today is about. But there are too many guns on the street. We lose 93 million Americans a day to gun violence. I mean, I've long talked about this. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream. It's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee brothers. Walter in New Kent, you're on AMA 20 with the Lee brothers. Welcome to the show. Yes, I would like to And um, as far as the guest is concerned, I would say that there's some hypocrisy going on. Because if we found microscopic life on Mars or any other planet, we would call that life. Yes. Yeah, we would. Of course we would. Jeff knows the truth about this, but because of political expediency, they want to make a decision to kill a baby. But this is the same poison that happened in Germany, where we got on the slope of killing the people that were not formed. You know, they they were invalids and whatever. Not fully human. Right. Right. So then we start saying not human. We didn't do it, but I'm saying Germany did it. And so we're still on that slippery slope. And it's, it's a real steep slope now. We got to the point where we got a baby on the table. You're right, Walter. You're exactly right. I, I, I appreciate that very much. 454-1366. Much more dead ahead with the Lee Brothers on Thanks, this Walter. Good Friday. Great call. You've been the I can never So this woman 
used a bat to defend her home. It's hilarious. you got to hear this story. She wanted to use a gun, by the way. She even said she did. Just didn't have one handy at the time. A new Prager University video mentions Virginia twice, and it's not good. We'll share that with you. And John Tyler Community College shows an awful video to its students. That's next. Virginia citizens and American patriots, the only two-headed talk show in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia, the Lee Brothers. My name is Scott Lee. Hi, I'm Richard Lee. Thanks for joining us this lovely Friday. Is the pollen bothering you? It's killing me. It's uh, It really is. It's been uh, raining pretty good here where we are, and it's supposed, we're supposed to get like three inches of rain tonight. Big time storm coming. But that's like any Good Friday. Remember how dark it yeah. was in the first Good Friday? Well, yep. What was Sunday like? Good, bright and sunny. The sun was up. It's uh, it's Good Friday and Easter weekend. Mark. It was a race. A race to see history. But who would get there first? It was barely light enough to even see let alone run. Oh, but they ran. And they ran faster and faster. They had to know if what Mary said was true. John won. He got there first. He was more eager to see, or perhaps more eager to confirm. Could it be? Could it be, he thought. Could it be that Mary was right? Peter was right behind him. But it was John that saw first. The stone was moved. The guards are gone. Mary Magdalene was right. Someone had taken the Lord's body. But John noticed something else. The grave clothes. They were still there, even separated by the head wrap, but... But why? why? Why would someone take the body and leave the grave clothes? Unless, unless perhaps, could it possibly be? Could it be that someone after all didn't take him? Perhaps... Peter finally caught up. He couldn't wait to see. Breathing heavy from the run, he paused and went into the tomb. Immediately, he believed... He saw the undisturbed clothes. He remembered the third day. He did exactly, exactly what he said he would do. Christ was alive. But he asked himself, what about the others? Will they believe? He turned to John and said, the others, we must tell them quickly. Peter and John ran to tell what they have seen. Peter began to think, what about Thomas? What will it take to convince him? Will he and the others believe us? They found Thomas hiding with the others. Thomas was astonished at the news, as were they all. This can't be, he shouted. Weeping, Thomas said, I saw him die. I will not believe you unless I can put my finger in his wounds. Suddenly, before Peter could speak, Jesus appeared, standing before them, Thomas fell to his knees and shouted, My Lord and my God, he has risen. He has risen indeed. Happy Easter. From the Lee Brothers.
Is it true that it really happened? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Was he really dead in the womb? Did he just swoon? What really happened 2,000 years ago? Well, coming up at 3.30, we'll tell you, because joining us from Reformed Theological Seminary in Charlotte is James Anderson. Dr. James Anderson is a professor of theology and philosophy to make the case for the historicity of the resurrection. It'll be interesting, so stay tuned for that. But first, the church memberships are plung- they're plunging in America. Did, did you see this? This is, this is, I don't know what to think of this, actually. I think um, if America is, is it rejecting some of the foundations of our Judeo-American Christian culture? The, the stats suggest they are. And what can become of a culture that does reject it? Nothing good. According to um, a new poll... Since 1999, U.S. adults who belong to a church, synagogue, or mosque has fallen 20%. 20 years ago, membership was at 70%. How do they know 20%? Well, I mean, like any poll, I guess it could, you know. They poll 20 people? Well, well, if they showed a poll in 1999 that showed 70%, and now they take the same poll with the same spreading of stats, and they come up with a different number, it could be a legitimate real poll. I don't know. All I know I is I suppose I'm, it could be, but I just I'm not a fan of polls. No, you're not. You never have been. No. You just don't like things. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. right. I just don't, Scott. Just get with get used to the program. All right. So, um it's just evidence of our <laughs> culture, really, that that tends to be sliding towards places we don't want it to go. That's sad. You know, we we have um we have a a culture that should be have to fight for the things that matter. I mean, even Jefferson said, you're going to have to fight for freedom from time to time. Reagan said, if you don't pass this freedom on uh, to your children, it doesn't pass in the bloodstream. It must be fought for. Nothing tends towards the good. And we're tending to go down a path in our culture that is harmful. And uh, Prager University has a video up on our page at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you directly to our page. This new Prager University talks about a totalitarian a government that mandates speech, use the right pronouns at the right times. Here's a little bit of that very video, and it's talking about places in Virginia. Listen to this. The Fairfax County School District in Virginia removed the phrase biological gender from its curriculum and replaced it with the phrase sex assigned at birth. This is how the left legislates away the concept of biological sex without ever having to make the argument, without ever having to convince anyone. They're trying to make sex assigned at birth as trivial and malleable as name assigned at birth, as if some doctor arbitrarily chose for you on the day you were born. Fairfax County, Virginia, makes its way. That's scary. That's just scary. It is scary. And it's frightening how this is becoming totalitarian. The left says you must use these words. You must think this way or we will destroy you. The video at 820theanswer.com, by clicking on the Libras, you'll see the video. Here's another clip of it from a story we brought you in December from a teacher who didn't use the right pronoun. Prager University picked it up. Here it is. In December of 2018, Peter Vlaming was fired from his job as a French language teacher in a Virginia school district because he refused to refer to a transgender student by the student's preferred pronouns. 
Flaming's Christian belief prevented him from bowing before the notion that the student who had been a she in his class the year before was now suddenly a he. Flaming was willing to use the student's chosen new name, but he avoided using any pronouns when referring to this student. That wasn't good enough for the school district. They needed to hear him say the words. That seems pretty scary. You don't say the right words, you could lose your job. What has happened to our culture? Are we on a slide that's unrecoverable? Well, what goes on in our universities is even a worse example, and that's next. We'll tell you what's happening right here at a community college in Midlothian. And it's a, another video found at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Your phone call's next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. Representing the end of political correctness. It's the Lee Brothers. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. Can you hear it? Can you feel it? It's the rhythm of a gospel song. Love this weekend. You can't lose it. Here it comes. Listen, there just like Christmas. Lee Brothers. 820 WNGW, 92.7 FM. Celebrating a phenomenal weekend on this Good Friday and the incredible power of the resurrection on Sunday. Join us together, shall you? Shall we? All together? All right. Um, more of the, uh, this cultural slide, it begins in our universities. John Tyler uh, Community College, which is a community college right here in Midlothian, Richmond area, has a, a sociology class that's taught by Professor Koval. Now, we happen to have some people in that class who uh, watched an hour and 45-minute documentary about, um, it's, it's called The Mask You Live In, and it's about how men are too masculine and are the problem with the planet and the, and the whole world, and it pretty much trashed men. But the bigger problem with the entire, entire hour and 45 minutes video is that it was completely vulgar and disgusting, and it was played for college kids. Now, we're not even going to attempt to play this video for you, but there is a trailer of it at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers Takes You There. The trailer is vulgar. And you can't even play the trailer. It's, it's disgusting. Amazing. Dropping the F word and a bunch of other stuff that's just not necessary. I often wondered, does this now pass for some sort of education in our universities, and our community schools? Does Professor Koval really think this was, look how great I am as a professor. I'm going to educate these kids in the name of the F word. Yeah, or, I, I, I think I was a thug. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think he was a thug, too. Professor Koval, I, I, I couldn't figure out how to get all of this guy. I would have loved to have him on. But you're, people send their kids to the community college, which is a great school, I'm sure, to, to learn. But now we're getting trash there. there, there is, there's something interesting about how all of our educators are huge leftists. You, you want another example of this? This historic starborn. And I say star like the like a star, barn 
in Pennsylvania. This is a Christian couple who built this barn for weddings. They, they wanted to use it to glorify God. The earnings help with a, um, a missionary project for disabled kids. It's a phenomenal program. For seven to 10 years, they've been having weddings there until one educator, a retired Lancaster, Pennsylvania teacher by the name of Stephen Dinocenti, posted on his Facebook page how they discriminate against gay people. So it brought out what? An entire hit piece against how evil these Christian people are, minding their own business for seven to ten years until one person who happens to be a teacher of children in in schools in Lancaster County has a problem with it. And now they descend upon this poor family in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, as if they're evil incarnate. It is disgusting, the, 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 the fascism of the left. These people... Uh had to go to retraining. Well, not yet. They're in the middle of a battle. No, tra- that a was New York. Battle. New York. They had to go to the training on the. That was the that, same that was, business. It was, it was, well, it was a different group up in upstate New York. Actually, had same to, thing happened. Same to thing them. happened. Exact same thing happened to them. They had to go to a educational retraining camp <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> Can you say Hitler Youth? I mean, it is <laughs> exactly. That's insane. It is insane. It's insane. But the, this is what the left wants. They don't want you just to accept them. Actually, it's, it's so much more than that. You can't just like me for who I am. You have to endorse what I do. Even if you don't like it, we're going to use the force of government, social media, to shut you down and destroy you. And if we can't do that, we're going to be educators at John Tyler Community College. We're going to be educators in Lancaster, California. We're going to be teachers, principals. They're going to be everywhere. We're gonna, they're going to be everywhere because we, they realize if, we can get our, if they can get your kids... They can win the culture. They're going to be twisting your kids' heads everywhere. Everywhere. And they're doing that. Scary time. All right, your phone call's next. Come on, rejoice with us. 454 <laughs> 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. I FM. want jelly beans. <laughs> the Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. Not too long ago, two friends of mine were talking to a Cuban refugee a businessman who had escaped from Castro. And in the midst of his story, one of my friends turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. And the Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are. I had some place to escape to. And in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. Phil from Williamsburg, you're on AM 820 WNTW and FM 92.7 with the Lee Brothers. Welcome to the show. Is it Bill or Phil? Phil. Bill. 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 uh I tried to tell him it was Bill, but he said it was Phil. Whatever. Bill, you on with us? Well, Phil wouldn't make sense from Williamsburg. It has to be Bill from Williamsburg. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. It had to be Phil from Philliamsburg. There you go. (laughs) It had to have been a city. Um, I was calling because uh, that fire at the Notre Dame Cathedral the other day. Yes. Uh, during this Holy Week, um, when I watched the fire and other people, many watched. Um, I noticed that when the when the flames really started to flame up, where it was way out of control all of a sudden, the flames were just—I hate to say it—but gorgeous. They were an orangish, goldish. I don't know what the color was, but I was mesmerized, and I thought to myself. You know, I felt kind of guilty admiring the color of flames, knowing that that's a, the, the cathedral that's burning the church. 
it's burning like that, but it was so magnificent, the color. I was just staring at the color. And then later, a couple nights later, I think it was two nights ago, Fox has on their news, uh, at least at one of their shows, uh, that, that it's on the Internet all over the place, too, that, that when people were seeing a, a – a, when they looked up in that area, they were seeing Jesus in the in the uh, I didn't that hear area. That. Really? Yeah, and what I did was I went to the Internet then to look at it because their picture wasn't very good. It was from a distance a little bit, although I could tell it was very much looked like a – Looked like Jesus standing there with a robe and everything, you know, but from the, even from a distance. But when I saw it closer up uh, on the Internet, the color that I saw, the magnificent color, is the color. It's as if it was an, a coloring book, and they had a, 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 a no colors, but they've had Jesus' picture there, you know, of, of his body. And then they filled it in with that color. It's, it's like that's Wow, they, that they is painted. a neat story. Great story. Thanks with for sharing. Color, Thank you very much. 454-1366. Great interview coming up. Is the resurrection true or not? That's next. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. 454-1366. Just after 434, outside the Capitol with the Commonwealth of Virginia. The Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and brother sitting to my left. Sometimes this far left <laughs> is Richard in the Lee. Easy Bake Studio oven. It's a little warm in here. I must a little admit. toasty. A little toasty. There is only one way. This weekend it is the weekend that changed the course of humanity. Nearly 2,000 years ago, Jesus was crucified on a cross. No major historian really disputes that, or do they? I mean, there's other things that are disputed about Jesus, but no one really disputes that Jesus was a real person, that he was crucified. How about whether he rose from the dead on Sunday, three days later? So we asked for an expert. Richard and I are far from experts on just about anything, but we need to help with this one. Dr. James Anderson is a professor of theology and philosophy at Reformed Theological Seminary in Charlotte, and he joins us now. Doctor? Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Dr. James Anderson, thanks for your time here. I know it's Good Friday for you as it is for everybody, and I know this took some time away from your family and what you're doing and what you're celebrating, but would you help us, please? We are speaking to our audience, and we're, we're talking about the evidences and the historicity of the resurrection itself. Many uh, would claim that this is a weekend of folly for many, based upon the idea that how can any man conquer death? If you're dead, you're dead. You're not coming out of the tomb. You're not rising from the dead. Is there any evidence that suggests that that, uh, that actually happened? Absolutely. I mean, there's, uh, there's uh, excellent eyewitness testimony to the resurrection, which we now have in the form of the Gospels and the other documents of the New Testament. So, like any historical event, uh, you look for uh, eyewitness testimony, you look for documentary evidence, and that's exactly what we have in the New Testament. And it's, it's very powerful when you examine it. Sure. Well, as for example, obviously, I... I'm completely in agreement with you, just as for the record, obviously. I, there's no doubt in my mind that this is true history for many reasons. Um, what if someone says, look, that's the New Testament, and that's the Bible, and I'm not sure that's accurate? Yeah, well, of course, uh, you would have to ask the question, well, 
why don't you think it's accurate? Uh, it's, a, it's a basic principle of uh, historical investigation that well, when, you, when you find a document that claims to be a testimony to some event, you, you take it at face value and uh, you, you ask the question, is there any reason not to believe it? So I think the, the, the burden of proof is on anyone who says, well, this, this isn't accurate, there are problems with these documents. Um, I don't think the burden of proof is to, to show uh, that the documents are reliable because historically, if you do that, you, you wouldn't be able to find out anything about history. So I would want to probe and find out you know, what exactly, what reasons, what good reasons do you have to doubt this multiple independent eyewitness testimony to the resurrection? From, from a specific history perspective, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead and did not come out of the tomb, wouldn't there be some sort of evidence and find Jesus' body? Wouldn't the Romans have shown everybody Jesus' body and said, see, he's not dead. He's, I mean, he's not alive. He's right here. We have his body. Wouldn't somebody have produced the body to prove that this was, did not happen? And it, wouldn't that be, make sense? Yeah, certainly. If, uh, if, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then you've got to ask the question, so what did happen? This is, this is a problem with a lot of objections uh, to uh, the Christian claim that Jesus rose from the dead. Well, if, if he didn't come back from the dead, if, didn't, if people didn't really see him, then you need some alternative explanation that can account for the same evidence. You've got to explain why there are all these people going around saying, we saw Jesus three days after he died. Uh, we've got people who, uh, testimonies of people who went to the tomb. They found the tomb empty. Uh, how do you explain uh, these claims about the appearances of Jesus? How do you explain uh, the empty tomb itself, the absence of a body? Uh, you need some other plausible story. And uh, when people actually try and come up with alternate explanations, it's clear that they do not explain the evidence adequately. We're talking with Dr. James Anderson, professor of theology and philosophy at Reformed Theological Seminary in Charlotte, who was kind enough to join us on this Good Friday. This, to me, is the most compelling, doctor. It, it just, it's, the, the, the history would have to produce a body. And at, this, at that point, we know that Jesus lived. We know that he died. And the Romans had an opportunity to squash this whole thing. All they had to do was go to the tomb, pull the body out, and show everybody, and they would be completely over. The fact that that never happened... And no one was able to produce any of that is, is to me, the most compelling of this. And, and, and the history has not given us an answer to this other than to simply the most obvious of answers is that, in fact, he did, in fact, rise. Right. If you, if you come up with some other explanation that the body was always in the tomb, for example, one, one, one story that's told is that the, the women on the Sunday morning went to the wrong tomb. Uh, they went to some other tomb, found right, it empty, right. and were like, oh, He's gone. He's risen from the dead. Uh, wouldn't it be the most obvious thing for other people to say, uh, you went to the wrong tomb? <laughs> exactly. I mean, this is not like, a difficult uh, thing to check. Right. And, and what's more is it, it would have been a well-known tomb. We're told that it was the tomb that belonged to Joseph of Arimathea. He was a well-known, wealthy guy. Uh, getting the tomb mixed up is just not plausible. Uh, so is it that the, the Romans are supposed to have removed the body? Well, if they did that, why would they do that? And they could have just 
as you say, they could have just produced the body. Uh, another conspiracy theory is that the disciples uh, stole the body. Well, then you've got to ask uh, why they were willing to uh, be persecuted, to give their lives, in effect, uh, for what they knew was a, was a complete fraud. Right. It, it just makes no sense when you start or, or to even or, or to even give the disciples the power to even do that. They were scared out of their minds. They went and ran. They were right. shaken in a room. And many of them yep. doubted, including Thomas, said, I'll never believe this. Um, so, yep. so that's, where, by the way, where the term doubting Thomas came from, in case those who were wondering where that was. So, so we've, we've kind of laid out the, the, the history of it uh, and those ramifications of it and how true it is. But, but Doctor, what are, the, what are the real theological ramifications of what happened that Easter Sunday? Well, it, it's just huge. I mean, this is, as I think you said at the beginning, it's like, it's like the pivot point of history itself. The events of Good Friday through, through Easter Sunday have literally changed the course of history. In fact, you know, even if you're not a Christian believer, you have to say that it changed the, the course of history. But what the resurrection establishes is that uh, death has been defeated. Uh, death is not the end. Uh, it establishes Jesus' claims to be the Son of God. Uh, it establishes his authority to, to be the judge of the world, as, as Paul, the Apostle Paul says in Acts 17. And it's really the vindication of what Jesus did on the cross. I mean, you, you have to take the, whole, the events of the whole weekend as one uh, climactic uh, act of God in, in sending his Son into the world to pay the price for sinners uh, and to show that that price had been paid, that when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, the resurrection is the proof. Yes, this sacrifice was accepted, and we can be right with God. An amazing story. People love stories, and I, I find it interesting that people read books, they watch movies, yet the greatest story, the greatest story ever is this one. And people still haven't read the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's incredible. How many I'll people for will, the movie. will dismiss books that they've never, they've never uh, investigated for themselves? It, it's so, it's such, it's such hope. It's, it's just an amazing event. And, um, you know, it's good that we still seem to have in our culture today and, and across the planet, we still have to some degree a pause even if it seems a secular pause for the Easter Bunny, there is, there is a real legitimate pause that suggests that people get this and they understand that this was a significant uh, point of history. And in fact, God incarnate and, um, and, and evidence that Jesus was who he said he was. And people have asked me many times, doctor, including my own children, how do you know God exists? And, and, and one of the things I always say is, well, who do you say Jesus is? Um, which then begins that, argument and compelling point is, wow, who is Jesus? And if he is, in fact, uh, uh, as he said he was, then that's compelling evidence that God exists. So uh, we have we have 30 seconds uh, for your final statement, sir. We teed it up for you, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all I would say is to to your uh, listeners who are believers, uh, this is a great celebration. So celebrate this weekend with your family. Give thanks to God for what he's done. And for any, any of your listeners who aren't believers, I would say 
Read the Gospels for yourselves. Read this incredible story. Investigate it. Check it out. Uh, is it really a credible account of what happened, as you say, nearly 2,000 years ago? Because if it is, everything hangs on it. Indeed. Thanks, Doctor. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. That's Dr. James Anderson, Professor of Theology and Philosophy at Reformed Theological Seminary in Charlotte. And a truly great American. All right, your phone calls are next on this Good Friday. 454-1366, 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. Radio Great Again. It's the Lee Brothers. Look, I, I think it's awesome. If a 65-year-old woman in Florida wants to defend her property with a baseball bat, I'm a huge fan. She's going for a home run with oh. an aluminum bat against the assailant's head. I'm just wondering why we Bike. don't ban bats. I mean, this could be dangerous. Uh, Clarice Ganey of Gainesville, Florida... 65-year-old woman would, would normally, you would think, would, like, hide, but she heard someone out in her driveway. Home run hitter. And she, she went, and she grabbed, here's what she said. She grabbed a bat, braced myself, and eased the door open. She says, I took that bat and hit him upside the head. <laughs> <laughs> hit you know, you, have, you have to think about head. that. That's, that's, that you could kill someone with an aluminum bat. Now, I imagine she hasn't swung one in quite a while. But uh, she's five. Can you imagine the sound it made when it when it contacted with this dude's head. Clank. She, she is a. Uh, she imagines the sound he made. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Are you crazy, woman? She's the, the guy she hit was five six, which isn't that tall, but he's three hundred pounds. That's pretty big. He's okay. like five by five. And uh, he went running for his life to his nearby mobile park. And and uh, the the yeah, he was styling and profiling his hands. The lady said, "Lady said, listen, to this. lady said, I wore him out. I said, GD, get out of here right away." And hit she him with the wore bat. him out. Here's what How she said. How many times she hit this guy? When the press showed up, she got this interview. If he better be glad I didn't have a gun, because <laughs> I would have shot him. But this is my gun right here, because I want to go. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. <laughs> I wonder, if she, I wonder if she yelled out, bye as she clobbered this guy in Bye-ya. the head. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she's still laughing. Oh, that's great. I love that laugh. Now, who are you? It's easy to side with this lady, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's very easy. I bet you the police officers were laughing their head off, but I bet you the guy with the... The uh, unicorn-looking knot on his head wasn't laughing oh too hard. Oh, my gosh. You Get me my lawyer! <laughs> I've been humiliated! Yes, you have. Bye, y'all! <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to meet this lady. You know, I would, too. Those them. are the kind of people. That is just just a great lady. You, you know? walk up and say, hi, is, is your middle name Bye, y'all! <laughs> 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 I wouldn't turn my back on her though. No, I wouldn't. Clank. 
You know, Give seriously, one second. I'm uncomfortable. Right. Here, here's how it started again about the gun. I thought that was yeah, interesting. He better be glad I didn't have a gun. Well, you know, he better be glad I didn't have a gun because she'd have filled him so full of lead they would have needed a tow now, I truck. thought we were told that everybody had a gun. I thought we were told that, you know, everyone has a gun. They're out there shooting everybody and, and, and all the rest of it. See, this, the government this, should issue, issue bats. Issue them. Yeah, issue Hand them bats. Out. Do we need to license the bat? I met a lady like this years ago when I drove an ambulance. Someone was under her car trying to start her car from underneath. And she came out of her house, 60-some-year-old lady, and she said, you're not stealing my car. This guy's scrambling to get out, and she fires the engine up, puts it in drive. No. I'm not kidding, and drives off. She, drag, <laughs> she drags him 75 feet. It was an ugly call. We had to get him out from under the car. She, dra- she drove that car 75 feet with him screaming bloody murder because it was a gravel road. And he was hanging on for all he was worth underneath that car. That's a great story. And that was right here in Henrico County in Richmond. Bye, <laughs> And I think she made the same sound when she got out of the car. <laughs> That's great. Steal my car, will you? <laughs> Mark, we need to save that clip right there. That's another one of those. Some people did something. <laughs> yes. That dude did something, and he regretted it. I bet he's still regretting it. That's the kind of fun stuff. I mean, that's just good people. Bye, right yeah, Exactly. Thank you, sir. Appreciate I like that. I that recording put on my phone or something. as a ringtone. <laughs> you would. That's exactly right. That's Bye, Bye calling A friend of mine in Florida. Yep. How about she has that? a bat. Bye, Bye, <laughs> Okay, we found the clip of the year. That's funny. Well, let's play that more often. That's hilarious. That's perfect. All right, your phone call's next, 454-1366. 454 454- 1366, we are the Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. I don't know. I'm just going to make it up as I go along. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers. Just listen to those demons screaming. See him bruise the serpent's head. All right, check us out, 820theanswer.com. 820theanswer.com. If you click on the Lee Brothers, we have a phenomenal little caricature there of us. It's actually pretty realistic. 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. You'll get the uh, John Tyler Community College video uh, debauchery that was shown in a sociology class. Disgusting. Debauchery. You'll see the uh, totalitarian. That's a cool word. It's, that's a great word. I actually. love that word. I use that more often. I senses. use it a lot. Fuck in the house. What's this debauchery? <laughs> no, what's this debauchery? <laughs> <laughs> uh, totalitarian thinking. New Prager University video, which is actually very, very good, and it references Virginia, not in a good way, but twice. 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers takes you there. And teenagers struggling to use a rotary phone. This is hilarious. Their parents set them up, asked them to give it a shot. And you know, was, I had uh, two of those rotary phones. I have a desk model and a wall model. And uh, they're pretty cool. I, I would love to make them functional again. Yeah. But uh, you can see the video there at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Funny. Watch these teenagers try to figure out a rotary phone. If you think about it, it's not as easy if you don't know anything about it. I mean, our world, we're like, Pfft. but they struggle, and it's pretty good. 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you directly there. Coming up, Beto O'Rourke. Don't call me Francis. Bernie Sanders, the socialist. All that, those clips. And, of course, our own Congressman Abigail Spanberger. Too much fun dead ahead with the Lee Brothers. And your phone calls, 454 454- 1366, 454, 1366. Lee Brothers 820, WNTW, 92.7 FM.
It's Easter weekend. Phenomenal weekend coming up. And I'm not even talking about the weather. I'm talking about something much more. And Beto, Bernie, and Abby. What do they have in common? A trifecta of nuttiness. (laughs) Leftism. And Bernie is coming up next. But Virginia citizens and American patriots, radio is the founding fathers intended. I kid you not, they'd be right here on this Easter weekend. The Lee Brothers, my name's Scott Lee. Hi, I'm Richard Lee. Thanks for joining us this uh, less than beautiful Friday afternoon. The rain is just going to be crazy tonight, they say. So we we could, we could get as much as three inches of rain tonight. That's crazy. Don't need that so in my backyard. I might have to go out and drive through puddles. You love doing that. You're a I child. You're a child like that. Puddles are cool. You know, exactly 2,000 years ago, the sky went pitch black like night. And then something else happened. An amazing thing. It was a race. A race to see history. But who would get there first? It was barely light enough to even see, let alone run. Oh, but they ran. And they ran faster and faster. They had to know if what Mary said was true. John won. He got there first. He was more eager to see, or perhaps more eager to confirm could it be could it be he thought could it be that Mary was right Peter was right behind him but it was John that saw first the stone was moved the guards are gone Mary Magdalene was right someone had taken the Lord's body but John noticed something else The grave clothes, they were still there, even separated by the head wrap. But, but why, why, why would someone take the body and leave the grave clothes? Unless, unless perhaps could it possibly be, could it be that someone after all didn't take him? Perhaps Peter finally caught up. He couldn't wait to see. Breathing heavy from the run, he paused and went into the tomb. Immediately, he believed. He saw the undisturbed clothes. He remembered the third day. He did exactly, exactly what he said he would do. Christ was alive. But he asked himself, what about the others? Will they believe? He turned to John and said, the others, we must tell them quickly. Peter and John ran to tell what they have seen. Peter began to think, what about Thomas? What will it take to convince him? Will he and the others believe us? They found Thomas hiding with the others. Thomas was astonished at the news, as were they all. This can't be, he shouted. Weeping, Thomas said, I saw him die. I will not believe you unless I can put my finger in his wounds. Suddenly, before Peter could speak, Jesus appeared. Standing before them, Thomas fell to his knees and shouted, My Lord and my God, he has risen. He has risen indeed. Happy Easter. From the Lee Brothers. Amazing love. 
Good Friday Happy today. Happy Good Friday and Easter and all those things that come with it. I hope that your weekend is uh, is all that it uh, it possibly could be. Just for uh, for the sake of the uh, the family and uh, and all the things that happen this weekend. Enjoy. You know what makes me think about about the country and our founding. It, it, for some reason. Uh, there's something great about the, the, the heritage of our founding that, that, uh, that is even brought out more during this weekend. Chief Justice John Jay, one of the first Supreme Court justices, governor of New York, wrote the, was, was the three that penned the Federalist Papers, was, was adamant about Christianity be such an important part of our country, even uh, quote after quote. And it, it, Can you imagine what it would be like if, if it weren't? Well, it wouldn't be here, right? The, yeah, it wouldn't be here. So there, there's so much to be grateful for even this weekend, uh, including the founding of our country and the principles that stand behind the founding. And then there's a, there seems to be a group of people who are very opposed to those things. And Bernie Sanders is one of them. I'm sorry, it's the, the best leading I could find. I remember Sanders trashing a, uh, uh, one of Trump's cabinet members because she was Catholic. And he was mocking her because of her of her faith. Uh, very unconstitutional of Bernie Sanders, but Bernie Sanders is now back on the scene talking about um, raising your taxes. He was on Fox News this week. You know, it, it, and what is Bernie's faith about taxes? No, what is his faith? Oh, was, what's oh, I I'm, don't. That's a great question. I maybe he was Jewish. Maybe maybe is yeah. Good point. Probably is. But it was Jewish. Jewish. Well, I He's going to mock her faith. He did. He did. And, of course, that's very tolerant of the left. It's tolerance, don't you see? Bernie's very tolerant. The left is a self-proclaimed <clears throat> tolerant. But they're so confused on, on things. Bernie Sanders was in the, in the town hall this week on, on Fox News when he said uh, he was talking about taxes. And, and, and uh, the, his, the reason I think the left is confused on taxes is they don't understand what tax is for. It's simply to raise money. It's not social engineering. It's not for punishment for those who make more. It's and so they have more to spend. Right. It's that's, what, that's what it's for, 100%. So they have more to spend. But, but taxes are designed for a specific reason. They should be as low as humanly possible while funding the importance of government. Exactly. And they shouldn't exactly. be used to say, this guy's bad, this guy's good, this one should pay more, he should pay less, and we should confiscate from this guy so we could give it to this guy. That has never been the, the idea behind taxes. Yet That's exactly what Bernie Sanders' view on it. And on Fox News, he was asked about his millionaire status and how he got there. It's interesting his response. And that money in my case, my wife's case, it came from a book that I wrote. Pretty good book. You might want to read it. <laughs> it's a bestseller. It's sold all over the world and we made money. So if anyone thinks that I should apologize for writing a best-selling book, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. Well, who's asking? <laughs> who's, who's asking the, for you to apologize, Bernie? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Who uh, are you arguing absolutely. with? Absolutely. Who, who Nobody. You, exactly. Nobody is asking for you to apologize. All we're doing is pointing out that the hypocrisy of you, the fact that you made money in a free market capitalistic system with a book you wrote, you still are a socialist trying to trash the very system. And so we point that out to you and you're able to use it as a palaze line, like don't trash me for writing a book. You he's see how he steered it? it away? Yes, he is. You see how he's pushed it away? From the real question, he pushed it in a different direction. You're exactly right. He said, don't. He's you, very good at that. Oh, too. he's a phenomenal. And yet it's an applause line for the left. And you're right, Richard. Nobody is sane. 
Nobody's asking. Apologize for writing a book. You wrote a, book a good for... book that should be read? Apologize. But apologize now. right now. Right now. In fact, what's interesting is the left is probably asking you to apologize, Bernie. Not the conservatives. If not anyone. the right. Not Republicans. <clears throat> if anyone's asking, it's going to be the left. It's not going to be. Right. And yet the left applauds that line. It's crazy. A best-selling book. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. Listen Yay. to the left applaud I'm that. glad you're not going to apologize to whoever, which is nobody, who <laughs> exactly. asked you to. I'm glad you're not going to apologize to a nobody. Nobody said apologize for that. But, hey, this is what the left is good at. All right, your phone call's next. We got more wow. of Bernie Sanders. You won't believe how he responds to paying taxes. 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. Scott and Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio. That's one thing. Even if you don't like the Lee Brothers, at least you like the music. <laughs> great music. Great music. Bernie Sanders is a hypocrite. No, he is. It's good for me, but not for you. I can make millions, but you can't. I'm not. He tells us that he's not going to apologize for writing a book. No one has ever asked you to apologize. You're, you are erecting a fake position by the right. It doesn't exist. You know, if the book sucks out loud, we might ask him to apologize. Right, right. Just for having Just for us having read us a look at it. A loaded horse dung. You blockhead. Here is uh, exactly. here's more Bernie trying to argue that he shouldn't pay more in taxes because of it. Now remember, Bernie Sanders was against the Trump tax cut. He wants to pay more. He wants to pay more. But he got a tax cut. Here it is. But let me reiterate. Please. I voted I guess on Fox News, you said that I benefited from Trump's tax bill. Did you tell people that I voted against Trump's tax bill? Sure, but you did did benefit from it. What does it have to do with whether you benefited it or not? Your taxes do show that you're a millionaire. You did make a million in 2016, 2017. You're right, the 561 in 2018. But your marginal tax rate rate was 26% because of President Trump's tax cuts. So why not say, you know, I'm leading this revolution. I'm not going to take those. Now, we stopped it there for a reason. Wait till you hear his reaction. But is that a legitimate real question? Did you hear him in the background going, (laughs) 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 Ask me a question, please. Richard, is it a is that a black shirt you're wearing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. He could be. That's what he did, though. Yeah. Here, here's his little. Here's his. Here's his reaction. Take those. <laughs> That's what he did. Sound like he's he you know had a some kind of air leakage you know, expulsion right from his nostrils, <clears throat> for lack of a better so Brett- way of describing it. So Brett Bear says. Then he goes. <laughs> <laughs> so Brett Bear says, "If you want to pay more, you can. Why don't exactly. you exactly write a check and they'll Ber- cash it?" And Bernie Sanders doesn't like the answer. Here's or doesn't like the question. He scoffs. <laughs> Come on, but there. Uh oh. Now listen. I am. Uh oh. I paid the taxes that I owe. And by the way. Why don't you got Donald Trump up here and ask him how much he pays in taxes? Nice. Nothing to do with it. Nice deflection. Not, yeah, huge deflection. Nice deflection. Phenomenal. They, they must have had uh, a sign out front that said, prefer morons, you know, a little bit of higher levels, welcome, but 
Why would people go nuts about him throwing it to to Donald Trump? Trump? The question, Bernie, is simple. Why don't you pay what you say you owe or you want to pay? (laughs) Now, now he goes, he says, he says, (laughs) Bernie Sanders says, I paid what I owe. But that's not what you want. You want to pay more. You voted against Trump's tax cut. Why don't you pay more? And he goes, well, what about Trump's taxes? No, Bernie. What about yours? Well, You're I'd the like one who wants to pay Donald more. Well, Trump in here. We throw some rocks at him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got to save that one. Let's see if it's the... That's it. Right there. <laughs> he, sounds, he sounds like a, a, a lizard. Come on. But during... You ever had a lizard hiss at you? He sounds like a hissing lizard. I've ever had a lizard hiss at me. Yes. I don't know that I've ever had a lot a li- of people uh, listening right now go, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh sure. Lizards. Some of them are going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lizards hissing. No, I've never had a lizard hiss at me. Never. I have. Well, of course, that makes complete sense. They and most people like who are Bernie. listening would make His hair was yeah. a total mess. Oh, Bernie is a mess. They look like Bernie. I just love the hypocrisy of Bernie. No, no, I paid what I owe, and because I want to pay more, I can't pay more, but I'm not going to. But look at Trump, and the place goes crazy. This is hypocrisy of the left. Make everyone pay more, it's but when I get a tax cut, I like it. He, doesn't, he can't deny that he didn't like it. He kept it. If he didn't like it, it was a true leftist socialist, he would have paid more. Hypocrite. Your phone calls next, 454-1366. Yeah. 454-1366. Yeah. You have the high of a deck chair. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers. The trouble with you is you're afraid to say anything you think. Filled with fear, frightened to express any kind of opinion. Oh, no, Herr Commandant. I talk about you all the time when you are not around. Look, you can't, you can't have it both ways, Bernie. I mean, if you, if you care so much about the government being funded properly, you could pay more. That's what I understand about the left. Everybody who is a leftist who drives a Prius, you can pay more. <laughs> you can pay more in taxes. In fact, in Virginia, we actually now have a postcard you could fill out, send the money you want, write to the government if you care. And Bernie Sanders is a hypocrite. Bernie Sanders says, I took Trump's tax cut. I took it. I was against it, but I took it, and I paid what I owe. And when he was called on it, he goes, I paid what I owe. What about Trump and his taxes? You are a hypocrite, sir. He you're, has you're, to deflect. He has to push it off has on to. someone else because he doesn't want to answer it himself. Why don't the socialists, the leftist Democrats, why don't you pay more? I mean, if you want Trump's tax cut to not work for you, then— don't take it. Just take the money he's given back to you and send it to the federal government. If you believe the federal government can do with your money better than you can, which is your philosophy, it's the philosophy of the left. It's the philosophy of Democrats. They sit on a throne in a far off land. They know better than you, you stupid little surf and peasant. Send them your money. Meanwhile, I, Richard, and thinking Americans will try to keep all we can because we know we know how to use it better than you. And we know when we send it to government, it's a waste. And what if, what if what if you you got a tax cut just for the liberal puke society of America? You could write off your membership dues, <laughs> and uh, you pay your dues straight to the government. So you pay 
substantial amount of money to the U.S. government. You just write a check and mail it in. They'll cash it. They will. They will cash it. They will use it. And maybe you'll build a big reserve fund that you'll never never touch in your lifetime, which is is right. good too. Sure. Right. Would, you know, if if you're a leftist, would you would you pay that tax? Would you pay it? No, Bernie's already said he wasn't. All right, check us out, 820theanswer.com. Click on our page. Takes you right to three great videos. All right, coming up, more Beto. Don't call me Francis as he uh, is running for governor here in Virginia. We got those clips and a whole lot of fun with Abigail Spamberger. Oh, this will be blast. Coming up. And your phone calls, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820, WNTW 92.7 FM. (laughs) version of the Federalist Papers without all that reading. It's the Lee Brothers. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. Fool me, you can't get fooled again. That is so funny. Just after 534. Outside the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Don't you wonder what, at what point did W forgot. realize he was in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> the Lee brothers, my name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother sitting on my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee. Sometimes his far left. Beto O'Rourke Beto. is running for president and came to Virginia to campaign. Spent two days here making nine stops in our great Commonwealth. Went to Norfolk, Hampton, Williamsburg, Richmond, Charlottesville on Tuesday, Fredericksburg, Fairfax, and Alexandria on Wednesday. While he's in Fairfax, he got an interesting question from a citizen of the Commonwealth. I thought this question is a great example of the left and what they are looking for in a president of the United States. Now, if you could ask a potential president of the United States a question... What would be heavy on your mind about that? What would you want the president of the United States to be in control of? What would you want him to do? What were some of the things that you would ask to say, these are the things the president should be doing? Now, remember, he's just a branch of government, the executive branch. He has really limited powers. The federal government's enumerated. You can only really do 18 things found in Article 1, Section 8. But here is the question. I would say, hire me. That's what your your question be? That's Will not a question. Me? That's a statement. Will All you, you hire me? That is a question. I'm sorry. Question mark? Yeah, that's a good one. Here is uh, the question of Beto O'Rourke in Fairfax. Hi, I'm Kristen Cabral of Fairfax County. What are your plans for child care and elder care? Child care and elder care. That's a new one. You know, I, I think uh, abortion, nuclear proliferation, things like that might take... President th- over you think so? health. You think? Day- daycare? Daycare? What, what is your position? What is it? What are your plans for child care and elder care? You have a child? child your plans care are for your and child. Elder care. What do you well, mean his plans for What's child he supposed care? to say? We'll just drop him off at the White House. <laughs> exactly. I'll play with him. Watson. What kind of question is that? I'll play with him. That's the dumbest question anyone could possibly ask a presidential candidate. Now, if you're a liberal Democrat running for president of the United States, you smile big when you get this question because you see you're the king 
and you've been empowered by serfs and peasants who think childcare is your responsibility, and there's nothing you can't do with other people's money. So I'm sure Beto, don't call me Francis O'Rourke, said, don't worry about this. I've got a great plan. Now, he butchered it. We're not going to play the answer for you because it's stupid. But this question tells you so much. He, he actually answered it? He tried. He danced all over the place. But, I mean, the question again is, what? What are your plans for child care? Child care. What are your plans for child care? Ma'am, if you have a child, I can't have plans for you. You must take care of your child. I am the president of the United States. It is not my role in a far off. Seriously, it's not my that, role that in Washington, D.C. That's the craziest, most ridiculous question. And that was asked in the Commonwealth, which is yet another embarrassment to Virginia. Well, it's a liberal <laughs> mindset. It, it, it really Unbelievable. is. Unbelievable. That's what the liberals think about. I want Beto O'Rourke to become president to take care of my child. And child my elderly, care. elderly, and my elderly parents. Don't elderly get, relatives look, must be taken care of along with the child. I don't want responsibility for my parents or my children. What's yours, Beto O'Rourke? Give me your example. How are you going to take care of my kids and child care? And how are you going to take it. care of my parents? He tried to answer it. Who wouldn't if you're a leftist? Me, I would say, what kind of question is that? I can't, you, if you decide to have children, you take care of them. Your parents are your responsibility. And if you have a hard time with that, there's these things called friends. There's other family members. There's churches, communities, neighbors. Some brilliant way to do this. Also, there's local government. But you want me the president of the United States, to lay out for you a child care plan? I would create a hundred or a thousand or a million young Barack Obamas or Michelle Obamas. Exactly. Just use the clones. All right, here's here's Beto. In every single place he stopped, I looked at the videos. Every place he stopped, he started with this speech right here. That has prevented us from achieving... Right to the beginning. Here it is. ...mind and dismayed by the hyper-partisanship that has prevented us from achieving so much of what we should be able to do for one another. For one another? I'm amazed by the, the partisanship that's prevented us from doing things for one another. What are you, Can JFK? I have a hallelujah? Yeah, exactly. Can what are you, I like a, a pastor? Or the, the, come uh, forward and, I mean, this is unbelievable the way he talks. He's like a, he's, he's like a, this is the one difference between how Republicans and Democrats talk. Democrats talk with such compassion and caring that you're almost like in a mesmerized by the, by the entire movement. Well, it sounds like he's he's trying to sound like a minister. Right. Here, here he is. Probably so. Blind and dismayed by the hyperpartisanship. As if he's above it. I'm dismayed by the hyperpartisanship. I'm way above that, don't you see? But I'm dismayed by it. It's a good word, by the way, dismayed. Blind and dismayed by the hyperpartisanship that has prevented us from achieving so much of what we should be able to do for one another. A president who not only does not pursue policies that will help this country, but uses rhetoric and language that become the practices and policies and actions of this country. Only the latest offense, a video that he sent out conflating a Muslim American member of Congress with the 9-11 attackers. That is not what he did. This is what I can't stand about the left. Talk about erecting a position that Trump didn't take. I've been waiting for him to say, I now pronounce you man and wife. <laughs> exactly. That's how he's talking, like a like a, a reverend or some sort. No rhetoric. No hyper rhetoric. No, 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 no. I wish the left would just be on it. Trump did not say 
that Omar, Alan Omar, is the terrorist who brought down the towers. And by the way, she's the one who brought up someone, something, did something. She's the one that brought it up. Trump's saying, here's your something. The towers came down from terrorists. But Beto O'Rourke is to stand there and make it sound like Trump's a bad guy for doing that? You take this woman to be your life, your wife? Yes. <laughs> More of Beto. Inviting not just hatred and Islamophobia against Elon Omar, but against Muslims throughout this herself. country. The same president who described Mexican immigrants as rapists and criminals. No, he didn't. He He's, did not. He, come he on. Did not. This is so ridiculous. <clears throat> Give credit where credit is due. He did not do that. He said there are rapists and criminals crossing our border. Did he say all of them? Every single one that's ever crossed the border? No. But you can demagogue it, make get your political points in, make Trump to seem evil and you to be above it because you're amazed by this partisan environment that's prevented us from helping each other. Did he stand on dining room tables everywhere he went this time? He stood a crowd. Oh, there's about a crowd about 100 that surrounded him with a microphone at every stop. That's it. Maybe 200. So he stood on a dining room table. Did he drag no. the table with no, him? he didn't stand with the table. He stood in the middle of people. <clears throat> but he does sound so pastoral, doesn't he? Mind and dismayed by the hyperpartisanship that has prevented us from achieving so much of what we should be able to do for one another. One another. For one another. One for one another. You know, there is actually a group of people who think, you know what, we should be doing things from one another. And it starts in the federal government, which is the exact opposite of what every founding document and founding father said about our country. It doesn't start in Washington with Beto, don't call me Francis O'Rourke. It's just, it's just not. It doesn't start there. Any of you guys call me Francis. <laughs> and I'll kill you. <laughs> the guy's a piece of work. Mike from Richmond, you're on AM 820 WNTW and FM 92.7 with Lee Brothers. Welcome to the show. Yeah, first of all, it was Apostle Paul that says those who will not work will not eat. Uh, anyway, uh, getting back to I was on the road around 4.30 when you were talking about the uh, how disgusting things were in the schools. Yep. But what I've got to say is what's even more disgusting is we so-called conservatives sat back and let it all happen without putting up much of a fight, and happy Easter to both of, both of you. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> happy Easter to you, too. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Man, I was just getting ready to jump off a cliff, and then you brought me back with the Easter thing. That was perfect. Um, Saved no, him. Yeah, you're right. We gave yeah. it up. We gave up the schools. We, you know why? <laughs> Why? Why we gave up the schools? Because we were busy. The left is very good at protesting. That's what they do. They're professional agitators. They're professional protesters. They're professionally offended. They're Prof- professional, professional pain in the neck. So, so they, they said uh, they, they find their way to the schools to, to teach a little professional offended. Exactly. This is who a million little bombers running around took a lot of research, right? I mean, a lot of testing, and there's a bunch of them. They still now they're everywhere, everywhere. It's a darn shame. I don't know if you can exterminate them, but better they don't. come in under the doors like roaches at night. Turn the lights on, they scatter. Oh, that was hardcore. That's terrible. terrible. This is Easter, and you're still talking. I'm talking, you're the one awful. saying it. Can't believe it. <clears throat> you're over there on a roll. It's just terrible. 454-1366. Speaking of a roll, are y'all going to have rolls at your house? Yes, there'll be rolls. Oh, there'll be dinner rolls. And Excellent. there'll be uh, a, a hunk of burning flesh on the table. 
slab of meat roasted. Yes, flesh. you're welcome to join me. I would like you. Thank we you. know what. You, what can I bring? Let me. You, nothing. I'd just like you to show up and join me on Easter with my brother. That would be awesome. 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820, WNTW 92.7 FM. You're fired. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream. It's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee Brothers. Reminds me a little bit of the story of the man that took his young son-in-law out and was going to introduce him to golf and told him all that he had to do and teed up the ball and the kid took a swing and he missed the golf ball entirely but hit a ant's nest there and into the air and so lined up and took a crack at it and again hit another gouge out of the ant's nest and now there were ants flying all the way through the air and as he lined up for the third try two ants peeked out of the crater that he'd left and one of them said if we want to survive this we better get on the ball it's been fun but now i've got to go life is way too short to take Better get on the ball. Get on the ball, Big Run. Miss that man. I'm a fan of Abigail Spanberger. No, I am. She's a wonderful congressman. Abby. 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 But I do think this tax cut was a mistake. Okay, I take it back. Okay, Abby. I'm not a fan of Abby's yeah. anymore. She's now in power. She's the congressman from District 7. She had town halls this week, but before that, she showed up on the Lawrence O'Donnell show. If you know anything about that. On MSNBC, you'll know that it's a it's a uh, disaster of liberal proportions. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. It is exactly, total disgusting program. Anyway, that's funny. I'm sorry I missed her town hall, though. Yeah, no, I'm sure it was. Uh, I'm sure they protested God in prayer, like like they did when she was well, at let's... Dave Bratz town hall. Let's have an evil prayer before we get started. Exactly, exactly. I wonder if they do that at her town hall. I wonder hall. if they do. I need to. Anyone knows, 454-1366. I, uh, I listened to this Lawrence O'Donnell show where the, they had some guests fill in for Lawrence O'Donnell, and he was just about as leftist whack as any of them. Asked about um, Abigail Spamberger, how do you feel? Are you concerned or troubled at all by the foreign policy that Trump has? Deeply. I- Excuse me? Deeply? No, just deeply. Deeply. I'm deeply concerned about where we're headed from a foreign policy perspective. Why? Deeply. Why? Why? Deeply? What do you Uh, know about it? Don't you love how how politicians like, I'm sure Abigail Spanberger is deeply concerned. She's up at night going, I'm concerned about our foreign policy. Deeply. I'm deeply concerned about where we're headed from a foreign policy perspective. We, uh, from Uh, the uh, fact uh, that we have pulled uh, out of agreements with other countries, with partner nations, from the Paris Accord to the Iranian nuclear deal. Those were horrible. This is why it's hilarious to listen to the left. Those were horrible agreements. Billions and billions of dollars going into Iran. Iran. Cash. Oh, they're so trustworthy, though. Yeah. They're They're so trustworthy. They're nation partners, as Abby called them. Nation partners. You're deeply concerned about the foreign policy. We're probably in the greatest peacetime we've been in a long time. We We are. We have North Korea on pause, which is a miracle. And we have Abigail Spanberger complaining about Iran and and, uh, climate accords, which was a a lie foisted upon America when we don't have, we had to do everything and they had to do nothing. Exactly. That was, that was almost the United States doing it all. She can It's unbelievable. 
We have demonstrated that we will go back on our commitments. That's uh, right. We, we certainly will. have a president who routinely undermines and talks negatively about the value of NATO. We just had the 70th anniversary. Because NATO sucks. <laughs> NATO sucks. And I'll tell you what, if you if you ever have a disaster, does anyone go, when is NATO going to get here? Or do they say, when are the Americans going to show exactly up? Exactly right. They say, when are the Americans going to be here? And when the Americans get here, we've got some sort of uh, normality. When the NATO shows up, you better save your wife and your and your children because NATO would destroy them. Abby Spamberger, you're for NATO? Anniversary of NATO, and this is deeply disturbing because <laughs> the, the, the peace uh, throughout Europe and the stabilization, the growth that we've seen in the United States um, is built on this notion of our cooperation with our NATO allies. No, it's not. The growth of America is not built on cooperation. With NATO? With NATO? Unbelievable. I, I am. No country is built on cooperation with NATO. Right. None. None. Not even third world countries. Right. NATO. I'm supposed to be deeply concerned about the foreign policy because Trump doesn't like NATO. <laughs> I, I've never. Exactly. We go, back, we go back on things that were huge mistakes. Of course we do. We go back and fix giant mistakes. And it's okay to. You know, but, you know, here's a mistake Abigail wants to fix is which mistake does she want to fix? But I do think this tax cut was a mistake. Yeah, see, there's her, her what she wants to fix. Leave leave billions in the hands of Iran, but fix our tax cut. But I do think this tax cut was a mistake. It's not a mistake. One of the best she saved. She, she got a tax cut. Yeah, she could pay it. Just like what's his name? Bernie Sanders. All right. Your phone calls next. Four, five, four, 13, 66 on this good Friday. Four, five, four, 13, 66. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. Wow. 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 <laughs> ha! That's a wrap on a well, good Friday. not a pizza and breadstick and Easter egg wrap, because that would just be perfect. Perfect. It probably would. would be really good. It would be phenomenal. I think it'd be tasty. I think pizza's actually sitting in the kitchen back here, so when we get up, I'll make sure you take that with you. Because if you don't take it with you, I am. You can take it with you. I don't if you want, want it. It's my birthday, but I'm not going to say anything. It's your birthday. If you want it, I don't want it. Exactly. Happy birthday, Brohim. Thank you, Richard. Hey, what's the best part of the show today? I think it was the chase. Well, first of all, it was called the race. The race. The chase. That was your best part. Well, no, no, no. Here. Okay. People were chasing each other in the race. Right. The I race. Told you the race. The race yes. to see and the to empty tomb. By the way, you can hear that again as we archive our shows. Go back and listen this weekend to the uh, Easter tribute and the cause and case for the resurrection, which was great that uh, Anderson, Dr. Anderson, joined us from RTS Charlotte. Yeah, it really was. Talk nice. about that. It was uh, certainly, nice you know what? Join us. I think it was great to have Susan with us. Susan, uh, what was her name again? Uh, a herd? A herd. She... Right. She joined us, and uh, we had a great little debate in the first hour. And not really people from the left don't join us. They don't, for some reason, they don't come out and, and fight she's the really battle. Very nice lady. Very she, nice lady. She's, she's wrong. Her, she stood her ground. She was wrong, but she and was very I'm nice. I'm sure she's saying now that she'll never join us again. We were wrong, but right. she was wrong. And all we're right. all entitled to our opinion. Check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Three great videos there. One is the... JTCC video of the documentary with the con, the totalitarian thinking of the uh, Prager University video, which is excellent. 820theanswer.com. You click on the Lee Brothers, takes you directly there. And teenagers trying to use a rotary phone. 
priceless. That's always fun. 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. It takes you to our page where we archive them for your listening pleasure. It's Good Friday. Yes. Happy Good Friday to everyone. Have a wonderful, blessed Easter weekend. And we'll be back here next Friday, right here on 820 WNTW and FM 92.7. We'll see you then. People call me Spock for a reason. Elementary, my dear Watson. I feel important now. Patriotism swells in the heart of the American bear. He's kind of kooky, isn't he? Can you hold on one second? I'm uncomfortable. Get me my lawyer! I've been humiliated! My friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all. And so, bye. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America.